Well, again, I want to uh, welcome you. Thank you for being here today. Uh, this has been a long time coming. We have been looking at the New Testament challenge for over a year now, and uh, we have been in that process of thinking, man, the day is going to come, fall is going to get here, and we have been excited to be able uh, to, uh, to get together. In fact, the New Testament challenge is a challenge of over 70 days, because it kind of starts today, all right? Even though our reading doesn't start until next week, our challenge kind of begins today. And really what my challenge is for you today is, uh, will you commit to taking the New Testament challenge? That's the whole purpose of our time today. And I want to show you why it's important for us to take the New Testament challenge, right? Does that make sense to you? So this is our graphic for our New Testament challenge. And quite honestly, I find the graphic a little bit challenging. Is that, has, have anybody of you ever played Scrabble? Anybody play Scrabble? Would any of you say here that Scrabble is your favorite game? Favorite game? Okay. All right. So, so well, you're in good company because right on the Scrabble box, it says Scrabble, America's favorite word game. All right, so you're in good company here. And quite honestly, I, I used to enjoy playing Scrabble. I'll get to that in a minute. But this, this kind of confused me a little bit because if you're familiar with Scrabble, you probably looked at this graphic and you said there is something wrong here. There is something wrong here because this is not really the way you play Scrabble, is it? You know, the words are kind of jumbled up. And, and uh, if you're a fan of Scrabble, you're going to say, you're kind of thinking, well, how in the world is Pastor Mike going to turn the board game of Scrabble and that graphic into this idea about the New Testament challenge? Well, let me tell you, here's, here's where they kind of fit together in my mind, right? Well, Scrabble is a game about words, isn't it? And uh, the New Testament is full of words, isn't it? I know they're, they're going to get better, okay? I, I promise you they're going to get better, all right? And so, and uh, when you play Scrabble, what's the goal? The goal is to make it to the corners, the ends, to, to put your words together so that you get a lot of points so that you can win the game, right? And that's really the whole goal. And when I think about the New Testament challenge, what I think about is I think about how God wants to take his words and place them into my heart so that I can be the person that he wants me to to be. Ultimately, the game of Scrabble is about winning the game, right? Getting enough points to win the game. And if you're really good at Scrabble, when you play Scrabble, you can get scores, you know, really, really high scores in the three and four, five hundred point range. When I play Scrabble, I'm lucky if I break a hundred. It's kind of like my bowling game. Bowling and Scrabble are very similar to me, all right? Breaking a hundred is like, if I break a hundred, it's a, it's a win for me, right? But can I say to you, the purpose of the New Testament is so that God can put his words in my heart so that I can win at life. And that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about the ways in which God has designed his scripture to let us to win in the process of life in, the, in this contest. And it's, it's not really a contest, but in some ways it is, isn't it? In some ways, it is like we're trying to get better and better and better. We're trying to do, uh, we're trying to be more like Jesus every day. We're trying to have more compassion. We're trying to have more mercy. We're trying to have more grace with those people who are around us. And quite honestly, sometimes we come up with a two-letter word like it. And that's our try for that time, you know. But I want to say to you, God wants to place his words in our heart to show us how we can win at life. 
And so uh, when you think about Scrabble, it, 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 takes some, it takes some time. It takes a couple of things. First, you're going to need to focus, aren't you? You're going to need to focus on what is happening. You know, in Scrabble, you've got your letters, but everybody else has their letters. And if you're not careful, you'll put a word together on a particular location. And the person right in front of you, this is always how it happens, the person right in front of you will take the exact spot that you had planned. And now you've got to figure out what to do in your small amount of time. Secondly, it takes some energy, doesn't it? It takes some energy. It takes some mental energy. When I play Scrabble, I'm so letter of the law, I've got to have a dictionary by me because the people with whom I play Scrabble like to make up words. But who is that? I, I will say they're all in my family, okay? All right, just to let you know in case you were wondering. So, and I'm not sure the worst of the, the crew is even here right now today, all right? So, so but that's what it takes. And then you know what else it takes? It takes time. When Shannon and I first got married, we played Scrabble a lot. We played Scrabble a lot. And then about nine months, two weeks later, the Scrabble board was placed downstairs and has recently been replaced with Bananagrams, which is just a quick Scrabble, right? And I think that's true of our time together. If we're going to succeed at the New Testament challenge, it's going to take us some time to focus. It's going to take us some energy, and it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time for us to fully understand what the New Testament is all about. But here's what I believe. I believe that this will be the best use of our time. I believe it will be the best use of our time. And here's my goal, that at the end of the New Testament challenge, we look back and we say, man, I have learned the most about the New Testament than I've ever learned before. This has been one of the best growth campaigns that we've ever had in our church. That's what I want us to do. That's our goal. And so we're going to try to do everything we can to have that happen in your heart and your life. All right. So listen, I've got some thoughts down here. I call them New Testament trivia, New Testament facts. If you're out playing trivia with a bunch of Bible people, these are uh, pieces of information that you may need to know. Okay. And so I just want to give them to you. You can write them down in your notes if you have them, or just kind of make mental note of them. Watch it later and write them down. So here's what we think. Matthew is actually where the New Testament begins. Matthew chapter number one is where the New Testament begins. And why I say that is because there is some controversy about this. And so some people say that the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are kind of, they're kind of in between. But the New Testament formally begins in Matthew chapter number one. And there are 27 books of the New Testament. And not, uh, it's, not, it's not very big when you think about it. In fact, if you take your Bible and you take the Old Testament in one hand and you put the New Testament in another couple of fingers there, what you're going to find out is you're going to find the Old Testament is vastly larger than the New Testament. It actually only has 7,957 verses. So that's really, it's not really all that big when you think about it. The New Testament was written over the span of 50 years. And so from the very first book being written to the very last book being written, we're talking about 50 years. The earliest book of the New Testament is written by Paul, and it's dated sometimes, sometime around 400 years after Christ, leaving the last book, the book of Revelation, written sometime around nine, uh, 90 years after Christ. The, the New Testament was written by nine different authors, by nine different authors. So um, let's go through some of those authors. Well, the book of Matthew was written by? Good. Very good. Thank you, Andrew. All right. And the book of Mark was written by? 
Peter, but Mark penned it, so I'll give you half credit for that, all right? And uh, the book of John, who do you think wrote John? John wrote John, good, all right? And then the book of Luke, who do you think wrote Luke? Luke, you guys are getting pros at this already, and it's only been a couple of minutes, right? And so you're fine. And then we have the book of Acts, which is actually uh, uh, tied to the book of Luke. Luke actually wrote Acts. And then we have 14 epistles that Paul wrote. Actually, 13. So there's some question about the 14th one. Uh, uh, Peter, the apostle, wrote First and Second Peter, right? Uh, uh, we also have Jude, and we have James. And who do you think wrote James? Good. We're getting, we're getting good at this, aren't we? And then uh, uh, John, in addition to writing the uh, Gospel of John, wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, as well as Revelation. Here's what's interesting about this. In all of those nine authors, over all of those verses, over 50 years, there is not one single contradiction between the teachings of the Gospel writers and the teachings of the epistles and even the teaching of Revelation. Now, here's an interesting fact. The New Testament is primarily written in what language do you think the New Testament is written in? Greek, since you can see it on the screen, right? That was a good one, wasn't it, right? Yeah. And some potentially was written in Aramaic. There are four major sections of the New Testament. We've already talked about one. There's the gospel, and then there's a book of history. There's the epistles or the letters, and then there's one book of prophecy. But let's go back to the very beginning, because I think this is so important for us to state right from the very beginning. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1. I think this is important because this sets the entire tone of what the New Testament challenge is all about. In Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1, here's what the scripture says. It says, the book of the generations of Jesus Christ. So this is the, 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 the story of Jesus Christ, but it's this next one, the son of David, the son of of Abraham. This is the, the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right here in the very first verse, we find the depth of the importance of the New Testament. You say, Pastor Mike, why? Because in these two phrases, why does he say the son of David? And why does he say the son of Abraham? Well, that's very interesting because these two verses are the fulfillment of two very important Old Testament prophecies. It has to go, one goes all the way back to, Re, uh, to Genesis chapter number 12, where God promises Abraham that he will have a lineage that will bless the entire world, that will, will, will fill uh, the world with his lineage uh, to great proportions. And the other one is a, a promise given to David that says David's line will occupy the throne of Israel forever. Right in this portion of scripture, we are identified who the, the, the New Testament is about, and it is about this man by the name of Jesus Christ, also sometimes referred to in history as Jesus of Nazareth, but this person, Jesus, fulfills two important roles, and that is to be the offspring of Abraham, which will be an eternal offspring, and be the offspring of David, which will rule on the throne of Israel forever, and it can only be one person. That is the promised one the Messiah. 
People often tell me, Jesus never claims to be the Messiah. Yet over and over and over in Scripture in the New Testament, Jesus claims very clearly to be the Messiah. And it starts right here in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1. That is where it starts. And this is really what this series is about. It's about an introduction of Jesus Christ into my heart, into my life, and the ways in which Jesus impacts everything in my life. So our hope at the end of this challenge is that you and I will be more like Jesus than ever before, because Jesus is the central theme of the New Testament. All right, don't miss this, because this is our main point for our thinking today. The New Testament challenge is a challenge for you and me to become more like Jesus than ever before. But I want you to know, I want you to know, it's going to take some energy, it's going to take some focus, it's going to take some time. But I'm, I want to promise you that it is worth the time. In fact, one of the challenges is that we will read through the entire New Testament together. Has anybody ever read through the entire New Testament? All right, so a few of us have read through the entire New Testament, great. If you've never read through the New Testament, and even if you have read through the New Testament, we're going to encourage you and challenge you to read through the New Testament again. Now listen, to, I'm going to tell you how much time it's going to take. It will take you roughly 15 to 20 minutes a day to read through the New Testament over the course of 63 days. Here's what we're saying. If you will just read 130 verses every day, you will read through the entire New Testament in 63 days. But can I say to you, I believe that if you do that, you will learn much more about Jesus than if you don't read the New Testament. You will learn much more about you than if you didn't read the New Testament. You will learn much more about the world in general than if you had never taken the challenge. Can I say to you, I believe that Jesus wants us to be more like him than we've ever been before. And can I say to you, isn't it about time that we become more like Jesus? So the challenge of the New Testament is for you and me to become more like Jesus each and every day. All right, so if you're taking notes and you want to flip over to the backside, I want to talk with you about how to get the most of the New Testament challenge, right? How do we get the most of our time? I don't, I don't want to waste my time. How about you? I want every single moment of every single day to be done on purpose. And so how do we get the most of the New Testament challenge? So today, as we kind of begin this process, right? Now, we're not reading yet. Our life groups are going to start meeting this week. But as we kind of begin this process, I want us to kind of set our mind to the proper way that it should be. So just what are we talking about uh, in the scriptures? What I love is there's a verse here that I would like to share with you. It's found in Psalm chapter number uh, 90, I believe. Psalm chapter number 90. And it basically says, it says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And here's why God says this. God says this because he's saying, God, show me what is the best use of my time, because time is limited. That's what the scripture is saying. Show me how to use my time the best. And so in essence, so what is the best use of my time? 
Here's what I believe. Over the next 70 days, the best use of our time is to honestly study and read and learn what Jesus has to say through the pages of the New Testament. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a math guy and I kind of like math. And uh, I begin to put this kind of down together. So if you spend 20 minutes a day reading the scripture every day uh, for, the, for the 63 days that we're reading, you will have spent 1% of your time reading the Bible. 1% of your time reading the Bible. And then what I did is I said, well, that's kind of cool. I can, I can probably sell everybody today on giving the Lord 1% of your time, right? And so, okay, 1% not... All right, so here's what I thought. I, I added that up. I said, okay, 20 minutes of reading. And I said, uh, you know what? Um, let's see. Uh, if you come to church, church is, you know, roughly an hour. You know, if you're here a few minutes before because you want to say hi to someone a few minutes after. Uh, if you're on your way and Dunkin' Donuts is running slow, I added a 15 minutes for that. And then I said, well, your, your life group is meeting. That's, that's, you know, usually about 90 minutes. And if you're on Zoom, we don't have to add any extra time. But if you're driving there, you know, perhaps, you know, there, 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 there's this kind of time. So I, I, I did it all together and I put it together that if you are to take the challenge fully, that means you're committing to being here every Sunday, you're committing to being in a life group and giving your time to those people who are in that life group, you're committing to reading the scripture each and every day, you're going to give God 3% of your time. All right, so listen, I'm not, I, 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 I tried to be as generous as I could there, right? I mean, 1% in reading, that's about 20 minutes a day, you know, 3%, you know, we're, we're getting kind of up there. But as a vast majority, that's a small amount of time to give to the Lord, don't you think? Here's the reason I say this. I don't say this to shame you or anything but to say, you can do this. You can do this. In addition to the reading guide that we're going to give you, in addition to a, a complete page, uh, pondhill.net forward slash NTC, uh, with resources and a reading guide, um, your pastors are going to give you weekly encouragement on how what they're finding in Scripture or how they're reading the Bible, how they're making sure they're on top. And we're going to coach you and walk with you through this entire process. I want to let you know you can do this, but you've got to make a decision to do it. You've got to say, yes, I will take the challenge. Yes, I will take the challenge. And what's our promise? Here's our promise. The New Testament challenge is a challenge for you and me to become more like Jesus than ever before. We want you to become more like Jesus than ever before. Now, listen, if you're here today or you're watching online, uh, listen, you may say, I don't even know that I want to be more like Jesus. To be honest with you, I don't even know if I want anything to do with Jesus. So why would I take a challenge like this? Well, here's, here's what I say to you. If you're not a follower of Jesus and uh, you're, ju you're just catching us because somebody shared the page or something like that, listen to me. I want to say to you, wouldn't it be cool if you could look back and say, you know, I actually have read the New Testament and I can tell you some things about the New Testament, even if you're not a Christ follower. Wouldn't it be great to say to them, to, to say to those people who would talk to you, well, I've read the New Testament and I don't agree with anything that's there. Rather than saying, I just don't agree with it. I just, I just don't know about it. Here's what I heard. Wouldn't it be greater if you got firsthand knowledge instead of trusting what other people have to say about who Jesus is? Can I say to you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, the New Testament challenge is for you just as much as it is for me to take the New Testament challenge. So here's my thought for you. Anyone can take the challenge. 
If you're a follower of Christ, you will be more like Christ at the end of this. If you are not a follower of Jesus, then you will have some of your questions about Jesus answered, and perhaps you'll want to make a decision to be a follower of Jesus at the end of this. So the challenge is for everyone. The challenge is for everyone. So here, here are some ways that I think would be beneficial for the New Testament challenge. Are you ready? The first one, commit the challenge to God. Here's what I believe. Commit the challenge to God. After all, this is a spiritual adventure, is it not? It's a spiritual challenge. It's a challenge that we're saying, God, we are going to commit to reading the scripture and our part of that is to be diligent with our time so that we can do that. But we're trusting you, God, to do something that we cannot do. In fact, what I believe is that what we really need to do is we really need to commit this in prayer. In fact, about October, November last year, when Sean and I began praying about uh, what we were going to be talking about this year, the New Testament challenge was one of those things that we prayed specifically about. And throughout the year, we've prayed about this idea of, is this the best option for our church? And the truth is, we've come to the grips that the New Testament challenge is a great way to challenge us to grow. Not just you to grow, not just you who are on Facebook to grow, but for us to grow as well. In fact, we believe that any area of our life that we want God to bless, we should probably commit that area to the Lord. You want God to bless your marriage? Perhaps you should commit that marriage to the Lord. You want God to bless your children? Perhaps you should commit those children to the Lord. In fact, I love what uh, uh, the Proverbs 16.3 says. Proverbs chapter 16, verse number three, it says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. Okay, can I just say, tell you what that said? That said, if you'll commit to the Lord this New Testament challenge, then it will be established in your thoughts and in your heart and you'll have much greater success at completing the challenge than if you did not complete the challenge. And so here's what I want to invite you to do. I want you at some point in time today to just say, God, I'm committing these days to you. Help me to be diligent with my time. Help me to make sure that I'm reading. Help me to make sure that I'm attending. Don't let any distractions come up so that I can commit everything to you and you can speak to my heart through this challenge. All right, number two, here's what I think, I think you need to do. If you're going to get everything from the New Testament challenge, here's what you need to do. You need to complete the reading each day. You need to complete the reading each day. Now, listen to me. There are 63 reading assignments that are going to start October 5th. Now, here's how we're going to help you. You've already been mailed a newsletter about this series. On the back of it, there is a reading chart. For, so for those of you who don't have a computer, don't have access to a smartphone, you will be able to follow along with the reading with us. The date and what you're supposed to read is right there, listed, printed for you. You can actually even check it off if you'd like, uh, if you're a checklist person. I want to let you know it's also on our website page. So the reading schedule is on the website page. So you say, Pastor Mike, I, I just, I don't, I've lost that piece of paper. It never came in the mail. Sometimes things get lost in the mail. So, so I can understand that. Well, it's on our church website at www.pondhill.net forward slash NTC, New Testament Challenge, NTC. And you'll be able to see each week of reading. Also, it's also on our, um, uh, our, our church calendar. Every day, a daily event is 
our reading assignment. And so you can, uh, you can uh, uh, get that to download right onto your app, your calendar app, and you'll have it right there. Also, we're going to be sending out weekly emails. See what I'm saying here? We want to do everything we can to do to help you read through the New Testament together. And so we're going to give you all of these resources so that you can actually read through the New Testament together. And then for those of you who said, I have read through the New Testament, can I just say to you, the New Testament is different than any other book. It's different than any other book. Years ago, I picked up a book that looked interesting to me, and I began to read the book. And within the first couple of chapters, I, I began to think, this really sounds familiar to me. And as it had happened, I had read the book when I was going to college, and I could tell you exactly how the book ended. So at that point in time, I said, I got so much other stuff to read. I'm not going to read that book anymore, right? But can I say to you, the Bible is not like any other book. You see, because the Bible is a living book. And what that means to me, that means to me is that the Bible has a life of its own. And when I read it, it connects with my life in different ways. In fact, the scripture actually says that's exactly what the Bible is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. Here's how the Bible describes it. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You say, Pastor Mike, what, what, what does that mean? Well, what that means is that the Bible applies to us in our current situation. And because it applies in our current situation, it is a living book. And so you'll go through the scripture and you'll find stuff that you have never seen before. And you'll say, oh my goodness, why didn't I see that the first time I read through that? It was because the first time you read through it, you were a different person. You were going through different struggles. You had a different heart outlook. And so because all of these things have changed, we're all in a different mindset. The Bible is going to speak differently to us. So what we want to do is we want to let God speak to us through our daily readings. Why? Because the New Testament challenge is so that we can grow closer to God each and every day. All right, let me give you another way to get the most out of this. I think if we contribute fully to our life group, contribute fully to my life group. Well, in addition to the readings routine, in addition to our Sunday morning, uh, life groups are a pivotal part of our understanding in the scripture. In fact, what they are is they are a group to help us grow in our understanding. That's really the concept that is here. And so that's why we want you to be engaged in a life group. That's why we want you to be there. But listen, we want you to contribute to your life group. All right. And that's different than just attend a life group. We want you to be an intricate part of that life group where when you come, you're ready to discuss the things that you have read about, the things that you have learned. And to help facilitate that, what we have done is on the backside of our sermon notes is we have this scripture guide. And you'll see it's changed a little bit this week and it'll change next week because on those sermon notes, on the back page of that, you will find that your reading will be listed right up at the top. And it's going to ask you questions to think about your reading, like a question, what was the biggest, what was the verse that, that stood out the most to you? What was the teaching from Sunday that kind of was, was kind of unique to you? What verse had you never seen before? 
What do you think God is asking you to do as a result? And so you can take that form, you can fill it out, and then when you come together in your life group, you are ready and prepared to have a discussion, or like we like to say, to contribute fully to your life group. Now, I want to take just a moment, and I want to remind you of the life groups. I can't say this enough. We want you to be engaged in a life group, and so we want to remind you that the in-person life groups are Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday night and Sunday morning, and as well, the online life groups are Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Sunday morning. So you can sign up with that, but don't just sign up. Make sure that you put it in your schedule that you're going to be there. Don't let distractions come in and, and, and take you away from that because you need to contribute fully to your life group. Why? Because the group is not the same without you. The church is not the same without you. And we need to understand that. Let me show you this verse that proves it. Romans chapter 12, verse four and five. It says, for as we have many members in one body, many unique members in one body, right? And all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body and every one member, one of another. We are not the same without one another. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that you are contributing fully in your life group. All right, let me give you another step. How about continue attending, uh, continue attending the weekly services each week? And I think this is so important because each Sunday, we're going to unpack another major teaching of the New Testament. In fact, I'm going I'm to let the cat out of the bag. Next week, we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And uh, we're going to be talking about this idea of radical love. What does it mean to have radical love for our neighbor? You see, the early church, when they were going through uh, the book of Acts, what, what challenged people the most about them was the way that they loved one another and the way that they loved other people. And we want to call that this idea of radical love. And so next week, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the challenge of endurance how not to be, you know, uh, be really strong for one second or one week and then the next week kind of fall away. We're going to be talking about these ideas that are found in the New Testament that kind of permeate all of the teaching of the New Testament and help us to be the people that God wants us to be. In fact, uh, not only is this important, it's actually commanded in the scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, uh, lift, lifting one another up, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day appearing. So I want to encourage you to be with us each and every week. Now, again, we can meet in different ways and we can be in different locations and still be unified and still be building the body of Christ. We can meet in person. We can meet on Facebook Live. Uh, we can meet through uh, listening or calling in on the phone. Those are all ways that people are engaged even this morning in worshiping together and being the body of Christ during this time. All right, let me give you one more thought. And I think this goes along with the first thought we, that we talked about. Here it is. We need to call upon God to grow me. Call upon God to grow me. Ultimately, what we are doing over the next 60, 63 days is a challenge for spiritual growth. And the one who is in charge of our spiritual growth is none other 
than God himself. In fact, the truth is God has given us a constant companion to help us understand the things of God and to grow with us. And so we should ask God, God, help me to grow. I commit this time to you, but I'm asking God that you would conform my mind to your mind, that you would challenge my will when it's opposite of what you have for me, that you would call me to a place where I would follow you and follow you alone. You see, God is in the process of conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. Well, that's important because the New Testament challenge is a challenge for you and me to become more like Christ. So it seems like we're working in conjunction together. We're both working in this for the same thing. Well, here's what scripture says in Romans chapter 8, verse number 29. It says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. Who's his son? Jesus Christ. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be, here's the, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. You see, God's goal for my life, God's goal for your life is to help you to become more like Jesus. And perhaps during the New Testament, we will, uh, we will operate in unison with the work of God. Sometimes I feel like I'm fighting being conformed to the image of Jesus. But we want to work in unison with the work of God in our hearts and our life. The ultimate purpose, our ultimate purpose of this is for us to look more like Jesus. In fact, I said at the beginning, again, the New Testament challenge is a challenge for you and me to become more like Jesus than we ever have before. So I ask you the question, Will you accept the challenge? Yep. Will you say, yes, this is for me. I'm going to be here on Sundays. I'm going to connect with a life group. I am going to read the scripture together because I want to be more like Jesus. Can I say to you, if you will accept the challenge, whether you're a Christ follower or you're, you're questioning who Christ is, you've got all these questions about church and about the Bible, wherever you're at, if you will accept the challenge, I believe that God will reveal himself to us in great ways. And at the end of this challenge, we will be more like Jesus. So let me give you some next steps for today, all right? First, I think if we memorize Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, that's the verse that says the word of God is quick and powerful and, and alive for us. I think that's a great verse for us to commit to memory. And then I think it's great for us to read the entire Hebrews chapter 4 passage. We've looked at a couple of verses out of there. Read that. And then if you want to know what the Bible says about the Bible, then you need to read Psalm chapter 119. And uh, if you'll read Psalm 119, you'll see how God thinks about his word. And it will, I think it'll encourage you and it'll challenge you. And it'll give us the proper mindset as we move forward to read the scripture together. And then the next step, hey, I don't know why you wouldn't take the New Testament challenge. But I, I just believe everybody should. Because I believe that we want to be more like Jesus. And so if we can become more like Jesus, it will be in result to us having a greater relationship with his word. Let's bow for prayer. Father, today we thank you for the opportunity to uh, challenge ourselves, for the opportunity to journey 
uh, this adventure together over the next 70 days. God, I, I pray, God, that you would help us uh, as leaders, as we prepare, as uh, life group facilitators, as we uh, guide the discussion. I pray, God, that you would, you would let us be sensitive to what you may be asking us to say or ask, or what verse we may uh, need to share. I pray for each and every one of us as we read through the scripture together that you would challenge us that you would help us to see your scripture as this incredible uh, love letter to us from you, and that we would recognize that the, your heart is about helping us win at this thing we call life. And not only that we would win here and now in this kingdom, but God, that we would be fit for your eternal kingdom. And so God, I pray for that. I pray God for us. I pray that we would commit our ways to you, God, so that you could establish our heart and our mindset to be true to the course at hand. Help us to love your word, to love your scripture, for it is life and light to us. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen.